My name is Saul Wordsworth, and this is the IBT Podcast. I'm Saul Wordsworth, Deputy Editor of IVT International, the world's leading publication for industrial and off-road vehicles in construction, agriculture, and mining. Welcome to this episode of the Off-Highway podcast from IVT. Our feature interview today is with Seth Crawford, Managing Director of Precision Ag and Digital for Agco. Seth will discuss Agriculture 4.0, autonomous vehicle development, AI and machine learning, and where he sees precision agriculture in 2030. But first... It's time to speak to IVT editor Tom Stone, live from his extremely clean home on England's south coast. Can you hear me? Nada. Hold on, hold on. Let me turn off, at least stop video. Any better? Oh, you're frozen now. Oh, yoy, yoy. You know, we were talking about my connection and uh, how probably my, um, my electrics weren't quite up to scratch. Well, I had, um, I had a leak upstairs yesterday. I was walking through the hallway makes it sound like a long hallway. It's about two steps worth. And I, I noticed that there was water pouring down out of the wall onto the carpet. And I rang the upstairs flat and they'd let their bath overflow. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. And anyway. Like Paddington Bear. You live, you live, do you live downstairs from Paddington Bear? I do, exactly, yeah. Oh, and um, I, uh, I decided to turn the light off, obviously, in the hall. Uh, but when I turned it off, it wouldn't turn off properly. It was just flickering. Wow. And then the whole house blew up, and now I'm living in a hostel. Well, that was exciting. But such is the life of those of us crammed into the, the metropolitan elite zone. Everyone wants to be there. What's new in your world, Tom? What's new in the world of IVT? New in the world of IBT, well, there's all the great stuff on our website, of course, which uh, I'm sure people keep up with, uh, ibtinternational.com. But we've been rather focused on the, uh, on the print publication in the last, in the last uh, few days and weeks, haven't we? Because we've got a new issue that's uh, about to go to press. Absolutely. We've been um, hard at the coalface, you and I. <laughs> we have. <laughs> um, hacking out um, choice words from the rock with our, with our industrial vehicles. Um, we've, uh, uh, um, we've got quite a lot of, uh, uh, good, uh, loads of good stuff in there. Um, uh, electrohydraulics, I think we're, we're taking a look at, uh, the very exciting, um, uh, autonomous tractor from John Deere, um, bit of a, bit of a, uh, um, uh, important vehicle, I think that one. Um, but, um, and, uh, and there's also, um, as I understand it, a, um, uh, rather, a, rather a good interview coming up in the magazine as well. 
which, um, as it happens, will double as a podcast. So I spoke with Seth Crawford, who is Senior Vice President and General Manager of Precision Ag and Digital at Agco. Uh, we had a really interesting, wide-ranging conversation about, obviously, Precision Ag, Agriculture 4.0, data collection, how precision agriculture impacts the design of of industrial vehicles. Um, obviously, we talked a lot about autonomous vehicles and the timeline for that. Talked a lot about optimization and uptime, and it was it was fascinating. I'm very much looking forward to to, to hearing it. And uh, I think uh, you you told me uh, that you actually spoke to him for for nine hours. Is that right? Nine hours, but I've cut the podcast down to about twenty minutes because we think <laughs> maybe we should, you know. So in the magazine, there should be a link to the other eight hours, 40 minutes. <laughs> well, maybe we won't be able to run it all. But I think I'm right in saying that there will be additional and different content in the magazine from the podcast. So uh, if we have any super fans out there who like to listen and read, they won't be disappointed because there'll be some, some different stuff uh, when they open the magazine. Absolutely. No, you definitely consume both. The, the podcast and the magazine interview. Wow, like a, like a, a starter and a main course. <laughs> yes. But what are we going to have for dessert, so? Well, good question. How about this? Now it's time for my interview with Seth Crawford, Managing Director of Precision Ag and Digital with Agco. Seth Crawford, thank you very much for being a guest on uh, the Off Highway podcast. Well, it's good to be here. Well, perhaps to kick things off, could you give us a kind of a baseline definition of precision ag? Yes, sure. I'd, I'd be happy to. So precision ag is, includes all of the technology we put forth to where we're really trying to enhance the farmer's agronomic outcome by applying technology and also improving their economics. So it, it's the, the simple things like guiding a tractor through the field, which isn't all that new and sexy, but uh, it, it also includes the connectivity on the machine to share the machine information. And then the, the, the controls to, to adjust the seeding rate, the, the application rate of chemicals or fertilizers through the field. And then all the way into capturing that data, sending it to the cloud, being able to manage that, create prescriptions, and get that back down to the, the, the machine for the next pass so the farmer can maximize their overall productivity throughout the year. Sure, okay. Just curious, what's the difference between precision agriculture and agriculture 4.0, or is one a subset of the other? So I would, I would see precision agriculture being a, a part of Industry 4.0. You know, it, it, it's always hard to say which is which, is which but you know, the, the, the real focus is how do we bring precision agriculture forward and how do we make it easy for a farmer to implement on their individual farm yeah. to be able to deliver those results and do it in a, in a way that they can make the absolute most of it. And I think if, if we could do that, we'll advance all of our efforts as, as we fully uh, adopt 
the, the tools and get the maximum productivity out of it. Well, that makes good sense. A thought occurred to me when you were um, providing a definition of precision agriculture. How much AI and machine learning is there involved? Obviously, this is about optimization and therefore learning on the job is, 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 is a further way to, to optimize many different parameters and output and so forth. So I'm just curious to know how that fits in. Well, it, it is a part of it, and, uh, and it's advancing every day. You know, just like all things related to machine learning and AI, as, as we have more data available and as we have more uh, processing power, uh, it, it opens things up. And, and that's what uh, we see in agriculture. We've been capturing data for many years, but in many cases, you can go to farms and they can show you, you know, 20 years worth of data and you say, well, what did you do with it? And they're like, well, I put it on this little device and it's been sitting in that drawer for the last 18 years. Yeah. Um, so not a lot. But, but now where we are, where we're able to capture even more data, we're really able to turn every, uh, ideally down to every plant into a test farm. And the only way you can do that is with the advanced tools that are out there today. Uh, fully leveraging analytics because then you can look at what was the weather, what hybrid variety did you plant with the seed, how did you treat that, uh, you know, the moisture, the, the, the growing degree days, mm-hmm. all of that comes together and you can analyze it and, and really come to better recommendations for the future. And then our challenge is, okay, then now how do we build the n- next generation of machines where we can act on that down to that level of granularity? Uh, because when you're going through the, through the field at high speeds, you know, that's a, that's a big challenge as well, being able to actually uh, actuate on those, those uh, points of information you're able to develop. Again, this is about precision and optimization. So what part does autonomy and autonomous vehicles play in this versus human drivers and therefore, you know, scope for human error, if you like. Yeah, but this is an area that I think is, is probably underappreciated in agriculture. If, if you ride along with a farmer today, as they're planting their crop, they're not doing a lot as they're riding through the field. They're, they're, they're looking, they're observing, in a way they're a, an, an obstacle detection device that's still in the cab. But as far as the machine driving, it's, it's really doing that on its own. It's adjusting its, its, uh, the power levels and the speed to, to the optimum level. The, the planter behind the machine, it's adjusting the depth. It's adjusting the downforce pressure. You know, it's sensing as you go, you know, the edge computing is there. Uh, so you're able to do all of that. So the driver's doing a lot of obstacle detection and just visually making sure things sound right and look right and that there are no strange sounds and that the machine's operating. But that's when we take the next step forward towards full autonomy, we need to be the eyes and ears that, the, that, that we count on the farmer for today. So it's the visual uh, sensing around the machine, it's the acoustic sensing, uh, and then it's also the visual uh, sensing behind the machine of, you know, did we prepare the seed bed correctly? Did we get those furrows closed where the seed is? Did we get the right soil to seed contact? 
uh, and those types of things. And so all that is still in development, but it's, it's very much that path of uh, automation to autonomy that we're on. I understand. Well, that brings us quite neatly onto vehicle development. Um, where are you, where is AGCO at in terms of autonomous vehicle development? Yeah, we have, we have quite a few efforts uh, underway, some of them internal, some of them with partners. But uh, what we're doing is automating each step and, and working with the sensors. Uh, and and it's, it's an area that every year we're ramping up uh, our investment uh, quite heavily. Uh, but the probably the biggest area where we where we spend even more than you know taking the the driver out right now is identifying every task along the way mm-hmm. uh, to to be able to do this without the driver uh, in the machine, and so it's it's I would say taking those uh, steps right now um, because a lot of people you know you think of it as in the auto uh, industry you just think oh we'll just plop the the customer out, but I mean, we're, we're not just going down the field. Uh, we're also doing something in the ground. We got to make sure that what we've done in the ground is perfect mm-hmm. as well as getting the person out of the cab or giving an option remotely, you know, to, to enable that anywhere management, uh, to, to where the farmer can see, you know, whether it's on a, on a tablet or, or their phone, you know, is my machine performing and can I see proof? Do I feel good that it's performing that way? You were formerly with John Deere, Deere & Co. Yes, yes. I believe, and you left in maybe 2019? Uh, that's correct. Good research, Saul. Thank you very much. I was just curious, it's a slightly uh, cheeky question, but I was wondering what the difference was between the two organizations, Deer and & Co. And, and AGCO, in your experience? Well, uh, you know, there, there, are, there are days that uh, you maybe forget that you're even in a different company. Uh, it's amazing in, in companies that have been uh, very different over the years. You know, it, it's the same industry. Uh, you're serving the same customers, competing for the same customers. Uh, but, uh, you know, very different uh, cultures and, and very different mindsets about how to serve uh, the farmer. Yeah. Uh, within, within AGCO, you know, one of the things I have really come to appreciate is from a precision ag standpoint, and specifically with the, the acquisition of precision planting that we made in 2017, we take a, a retrofit first mindset and one of the stated goals of precision planting is to disrupt traditional OEMs, mm-hmm. which may sound a little odd because AGCO is an OEM. So it's, it's almost like saying we're going to disrupt ourselves. But what we do with that is we come with technology early and we, we put it out in the field and, and it's in a retrofit manner. So it doesn't have to be factory installed. It doesn't have to go on a new piece of equipment. It can go on anything that a farmer has, and it can go on any brand that they have. The key is get it out in the farmer's hands early, experiment with it, you know, innovate fast, in some cases fail fast, but learn and, and keep that cycle going. And we believe by doing that, that uh, we can end up getting to the market first mm-hmm. and proving out the value that we have with customers. And, and that retrofit first, 
uh, mindset is definitely unique to Agco. I don't know of any other major OEM that's really embracing it. And our, our willingness to work with other partners. I think that's also a, a, a unique approach that Agco takes uh, that, that others in the industry don't take. Good answer, thank you. Um, how do you, where do you see Precision Ag in, I don't know, 10 years time from now? How widespread do you see it? Where do you see it? Well, I think it, I think it needs to be uh, widespread uh, because our, our farmers need to continue to evolve. You know, when we talk about what we're focused on, you know, you know we live to, to create farmer-focused solutions to sustainably feed our world. And with the growing population and, and the improving diets, you know, the productivity has to, to keep up. And then when we look at the pressures on farmers, you know, the farmers are, are often the ones that get pinched. You know, seed prices go up, land prices go up, rent goes up, you know, even equipment prices go up. Mm-hmm. And they get pinched. And we're going to have to help them be more efficient every year. And, and then at the same time, they have challenges finding any labor. Now you go to the rural areas of the world and the labor is moving to the big cities. And so, you know, they, they sometimes there's a question around autonomy saying, well, you know, you're only replacing a driver that, that costs you know, $5 an hour in some parts of the world or 10 or $15 an hour. But when you think about it, that's if you can find the person. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of these areas, there's no one to be found. So, you know, when we look at the adoption of precision ag, it will really be the only way the farmer can survive is if they find more and more ways to automate these tasks. And it's incumbent upon us to bring the technology that delivers that agronomic value and the economic benefit so the farmer can invest in it. And then, of course, we need to make it easy to use and reliable. If we get that right, I think, uh, I think we're going to enable the farmers to keep doing what they're good at, and we're going to have a, a very strong and successful business. Just a couple more questions, uh, Seth. Got any, have you got any exciting new autonomous vehicles on the horizon that you can you know, break to me now, anything of that nature? Unfortunately, Saul, no, I don't have any product announcements to make with you today. But we just ask everyone to, to stay close. We, we think that uh, there's a lot of evolution in this space, and we think we'll, we'll be continuing to invest in this area and bring exciting news in the future. Okay. What about a sort of typical day for you? Is there such a thing? <laughs> um, yeah, the, the typical day for me, uh, and this is really for the most part for the last two years, as we've all been dealing with uh, COVID restrictions and work from home. You get up at 4 a.m. and you milk the cows. Is that right? Is that how it <laughs> no, no we're, we're not. We haven't switched to subsistence farming here. Huh. Um, but uh, we do get up quite early. We're, you know, I'm based in our Atlanta, Georgia uh, headquarters. And as part of that, you know, two thirds of our business is, is based in Europe. And uh, with that, you know, the day starts quite early. So try to get up early, try to uh, engage with my colleagues in Europe. And uh, then at, at some point, I am in the office today. Uh, it's, it's really a voluntary uh, time for people to come in the office. It just happens to be convenient. But yeah. then throughout the day, continuing up through around noontime with a lot of uh, meetings with the European colleagues, 
And, you know, I, I've just come from a meeting with our customer support group, looking at, you know, our long-term vision. So how, how we want to reshape how we're supporting our customers, how we're investing in technology so that we can truly get to the point where farmers don't face unplanned downtime because we, we believe through connectivity and analytics that it's, it's possible today. Uh, but it, also engaging with our, our leadership team. I have responsibility for parts. So getting parts to all different destinations around the world. Uh, lately, uh, when I say lately, the last six to eight months, dealing with supply chain issues, uh, how we're gonna allocate uh, you know, the, the components we do have to keep customers up and running in periods of unprecedented demand, uh, and, and then trying to attract the best talent. You know, that's, that's also a, a key topic that we're working on, you know, how we're reaching out to universities, how we're setting up the right locations that can be attractive to, to new university grads, and, and, and how we keep the business moving forward. Sure. You, you mentioned that you're in the office and indeed in your office. I can see a, some American football memorabilia and um, I see some balls on a miniature helmet. Is that, yeah. are you an American football fan? Is that something you still do or you used to do, you enjoy? Well, as, as my son, as my six-year-old son says, I, I retired from football. Well, the reality is I retired from football after my, my high school uh, playing days. But I did have the, uh, the fortunate uh, situation where through my, through my university times, I did work for the athletic department uh, at the university. And actually uh, did that full time for a couple of years before I made a hard right turn and entered the farm equipment industry. And uh, so I haven't forgotten my roots. I still still love all the sports, whether it's football, basketball, baseball. Uh, but I also truly enjoy the the uh, the the fact that you know we're working with farmers all around the world, helping them grow the crops and and keep the world moving forward. hope you enjoyed my chat with Agco's Seth Crawford. Join me again soon for another episode of the IVT podcast. In the meantime, stay safe and stay in touch with us on Twitter at IVT underscore MAG, online at IVTinternational.com, and of course, via this podcast. That's it from me. Until next time. The IPT Podcast is an MA business production. Please like and subscribe. If you are interested in appearing on the podcast, reach us via our website, ivtinternational.com or email ivt at markallengroup.com.